Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, listeners, and welcome to the latest installment of MBM's M&A Snack and Chat podcast. I'm Brian Shaw, corporate partner in MBM's London office, and I'm joined, as always, by my colleague, Caroline Urban. Hi, Caroline. Hello, everyone. Let's refresh everybody's memory. These podcasts are where we catch up with clients or advisors in the M&A space. But as the name suggests, snacking is the first order of proceedings. So, Caroline, what are you munching on today? all of a sudden it's autumn and it's rather cold so I managed to get my hand on a piece of pumpkin pie. Lovely. I wish I had pumpkin pie. No I'm, I'm just snacking on some good old Aussie twisties as we say in Australia chips or as you say over here crisps. Enough about the snacks and, and on with today's show. So we are delighted today to be joined by Nishant Varma. We were delighted to help Nish sell his business Safe Obstetrics to Cooper Surgical earlier this year. Safe Obstetrics product is a fetal pillow that is used to protect the baby's head where the child is born by cesarean section. It's a fantastic product, and obviously Cooper Surgical thought the same. Nish, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. What are you snacking on today? It's nothing too exciting. It is a white chocolate and salted peanut protein bar. I think it sounds delicious. Why don't we dive straight in? Tell us about the, the Nish Varma story. Where did it begin and how did you end up where you are today? Just, you know, going back a few years, I studied economics at university. I then moved on to PricewaterhouseCoopers onto their graduate scheme uh, for a few years. I became a chartered accountant with them. I then moved on to the investment banking arm of Barclays, uh, initially in a finance role, but then moved on uh, to equity research. Uh, which was a really interesting role. Early starts, late finishes, but I learned a huge amount about listed businesses, their strategies for growth, valuation methodologies, and how to market and sell investment ideas to our clients. You know, I'd worked extremely hard to get to that point in my career, and I was in a great position for the future. But at the same time, you know, I had some nagging thoughts about some of the things outside of work that I wanted to pursue. One of the things on my bucket list was something slightly unusual, but I wanted to make a trip to Thailand for an extended period of time to learn Mm. martial arts. I never thought there would be a right time to do this when trying to, you know, climb the career ladder, but I also didn't want to have any regrets. After sort of eight years in my career, I decided to leave Barclays and I booked a one-way ticket to Thailand. Wow. Um, (laughs) That was an interesting experience. And I guess just as a a sort of a side note, which will, you know, will lead into the, how I got involved with the business, but a couple of years prior to this, my, my father, who is an obstetrician, he had been developing a medical device, which would eventually be called fetal pillow, as you mentioned. Uh, and it was an idea that was born out of a very tragic case in his hospital, you know, several years ago, where a baby had actually died during a cesarean section. Uh, he, he then had to tell the parents, you know, that there was nothing wrong with the pregnancy. They just couldn't get the baby safely out uh, during the procedure. And it really led him on a journey to try and find a, you know, a solution to this clinical problem. It took a few years to, to sort of produce the prototype and go through the manufacturing process, but he eventually uh, came up with, a, with an idea for a medical device. He had teamed up with, you know, one of our colleagues called Innes Taylor uh, early on in the process. Innes had a lot of experience in medical device sales with Johnson & Johnson, and they were in the early stages of the business and they were seeing some success in the European market. When I returned from my trip to Thailand about three months later, I had a few interviews lined up at some other investment banks but decided in the interim period that I would help my father out with the business. Uh, So I got involved uh, sort of initially on a part-time basis, but that very quickly turned into a full-time mission to help build the business and and try and really turn it into a a global success. From when you started, can you talk us through the journey over that that five-year period, you know, right up to prior to exit? 
When I joined the business, I initially started selling product into the UK market, primarily London and the south of the UK. There was never really a defined role. I mean, it was the three of us. It was me, my father and Innes uh, doing kind of everything we needed to do to, to grow the business and make it a, a success. Uh, my role really spanned across sales, marketing, finance, operations and anything else that came up. Uh, you can really imagine, you know, joining a, a sort of a startup business. Uh, you know, it was really just get, getting your hands dirty in, in, in every area that you, you needed to. One of the biggest milestones that is worth mentioning is when we had actually achieved FDA clearance for, for our medical device mm -hmm. in late 2017, which meant we were then able to launch into the US market in early 2018. When we decided to launch into the US market, we decided that I would personally take on uh, New York State as a direct territory and begin selling the fetal pillow there. And really that was for a, sort of a number of reasons. Uh, one being we were, we were new to the US market, so we really wanted to understand the market dynamics of selling a, a medical device there. Uh, we also just wanted to keep certain territories direct so we could really understand and try and grow the business ourselves there. I started in New York. Uh, I started from scratch with not a single contact in the obstetrics field. Basically, I flew into New York. I didn't know a single person and I was just sort of running around New York City trying to get appointments with big hospitals and trying to show them this device, which no one had ever heard of before. In other parts of the country, we used uh, independent distributors. Sort of around that time, there was a well-recognized US institution that had approached us and they had heard about the fetal pillow actually from one of their colleagues in the UK. And they were very interested in performing a clinical study on the fetal pillow, which would add to the already you know, compelling clinical data that was available. So that was another huge development in our business to have a you know, big institution in the US want to perform a study. So they began working on that. Things were looking good. It was very early for us in the US market. We were making small but significant inroads into the, into the market. And we are really starting to prove, to prove the business model was working in a number of major hospitals across the country. We probably started to realize at that point that an exit one day was certainly possible if we were to continue on that uh, trajectory. We know with this device that we are making a huge difference in, in the lives of mothers and babies across the world potentially one day. So you mentioned when you started initially thinking about an, an exit, but was, was an exit ever a, a key driver from the beginning or did you not even consider it until it really started becoming something worth thinking about? It's something I think we, we did informally discuss amongst ourselves early on. We always recognised the value and the potential and we, we essentially thought that, you know, once we did get into the US market, uh, we would eventually get on the radar of some of the bigger players uh, an exit would be certainly possible. But we, we kind of knew there was a lot of hard work involved in getting to that point. So we, we never sort of really relied on that or made that our key objective. We just focused on growing the business. If that path emerged, then, you know, it would make sense to consider. What size was the business when you sold? How many employees? What sort of sales? There was really the three of us in the UK. Uh, we had a direct employee in Australia as well. Uh, his wife was also working part-time. So really there were five employees in the, in the business. Gosh, mm. very lean. Be like us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you came to a decision to sell. You said, right, now is the time. Please talk us through that process. I, I still had some friends that were working in big four companies. I had reached out to a few old colleagues and asked them to put me in touch with someone in their M&A or corporate finance departments. We essentially met with a handful of advisors uh, or potential advisors in, in, in and around the London area. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we'd have a meeting with them in their offices. We'd share that, share our story. We'd learn a bit about their backgrounds and their experience on uh, similar, similar deals. The, the interaction that we had with them on a, on a personal level was important. Their, their kind of network of potential acquirers in the space, whether they could put us in touch with the, with the relevant parties that might be interested. So that was quite important to us. And I think really just getting a feel for whether they really understood our business and where we could potentially, you know, get to with a with an exit. I think because of the product being pretty niche in the obstetric field, there were only a handful of businesses really that would would, would sort of see the value and that it would fit into their bag. So I think it was sort of a narrow pool of potential potential acquirers. What were some of the challenges on the deal? We were told by the advisors that it would be a huge time commitment once the thing once things kicked off. I don't think we appreciated how much of a time time commitment there would be. Um, with my background in finance, uh, a lot of it fell on me. So, uh, you know, I, I was very heavily involved in that process. And I think the problem was that we we really had to maintain focus on growing our business itself. And we couldn't really uh, be distracted from that because we'd obviously be presenting forecasts for our business to a potential acquirer. And if we were, mm. if we were being distracted from the running the business itself, then, you know, there's a risk that we're not going to achieve those targets. So I think it was really just getting that balance is probably one of the one of the big challenges. Mm, it's I all get... of a sudden two full time jobs at once. Mm. Talk us through Cooper Surgical. How has it been in the, in the, in the integration you know, post post completion? The transition has, has been excellent. Uh, you know, I think once we started this uh, discussion and this MA process, we were from very early on, we were in communication with senior management at Cooper Surgical, and we could really see their commitment to, to making this product a, a success nationally in the US and then globally in the future. As part of the deal, uh, my role was to be employed for a one year period. Again, the role was sort of quite broadly defined. It was to support the integration of our operations you know our company SOS into the Cooper infrastructure but the primary focus was to support with the training and education of their sales force so a large part of my role has been spending time actually in the field with their sales reps but overall it's been a a great experience Uh, I can see that Cooper Surgical have a very high caliber sales force and I thought, you know, I guess on a sort of personal level, I think it's really solidified our feeling that, you know, Cooper Surgical was the perfect uh, strategic partner to really take Vital Pillow uh, forward and make a make a success of it. Do you feel a bit of relief, like you now have a huge team of people who can help you do the job that you did on your own for so long? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think going back to the sort of question about the the drivers for for exit, I think. Obviously, we we wanted to make sure that we exited at the right value. But I think sort of another really important driver for us was uh, the fact that being a small business, we really couldn't do the product justice. Getting this out to as many hospitals around the world as possible means that it's going to impact the lives of as many babies, mothers as possible as well. Having such a big organization as Cooper behind the product now, it really is going to be the, the quickest way to, to get this out there and really impact as many lives as possible. Any tips for other privately owned businesses considering an exit in the next 12 to 18 months? From our experience, I think if, if an exit is in your plans, I think the first piece of advice would be to start preparing early, well in advance of when a deal process might commence. Even if you have an ambition to go to market potentially two years from now, you should start having those discussions now. Start speaking to the corporate finance advisors, the legal advisors. Start learning about what preparations you can do at this stage to really set yourself up for success. 
you can start the groundwork. There's a huge amount of analysis that can be performed early on, whether it's, you know, looking at the potential market size for your product or business. It could be refining your forecast for the future. It could be preparing an initial pitch deck uh, or working out who might be on your target list of uh, acquirers. Having an advisor on board early, it really just gives you that fresh outside perspective on your business where they can challenge maybe some of your assumptions, maybe your forecasts, make sure you have your financials in order and they can really give you some good advice to sort of tidy up your business. As a family owned or a privately owned business, you maybe don't have some of the infrastructure in place like some of the larger organizations. You know, for us, for example, we didn't have a finance department. I mean, I was essentially the finance department. <laughs> we, um, we didn't have an HR department, you know, all of those things. And, uh, you know, we, we did look to outsource support where we could, outsourcing it to an accountant, for example, to prepare the sort of quarterly and annual financials. Those kind of things, you know, it might be a good point if you're not doing that already to start looking at where you can outsource some of the support that you need to start sort of tidying up your business. And then you as the owners can really then focus on, on growing the business. So you are in the, you know, the best position possible for when you come to potentially exit. Are there other private owners you could speak with who have been through that journey? Could you have someone to join your board, maybe as a non-exec to really give some advice, you know, someone who's been through that process, I think can be really, really valuable. The other, other thing I would probably suggest is consider the timing as well, the timing of when you're thinking of exiting. For us, the timing is very important because we needed to consider whether we had reached certain milestones that could add significant value and points for negotiation in a potential exit. For us operating in the medical device space, this was really driven by regulatory approvals mm. and the FDA clearance. I mean, having the FDA clearance adds a huge amount of value to, to mm. your business because otherwise a potential acquirer is, is taking on that risk of is FDA clearance going to even be uh, obtainable? Could it be gaining a foothold in certain markets or territories, uh, having your IP protection in place? Otherwise, you know, if you don't sort of hit some of these milestones, there's a risk you might be exiting too early and someone might be looking to get a big discount on your business. Lastly, just look to build the right team that can really help you grow the business. What can you do to really generate as much growth as possible so you're in a great and strong position at that point? These are all very, very good mm, tips. I hope everyone is taking notes. Nish, thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Just before we end the podcast, we have time to do our rapid fire round. You will have 60 seconds to answer as many questions as you can in that time. So just say the the first thing that comes to mind. So in one word or phrase only. On your mark, get set. Where did you go to school? Yeah, I went to school in in Essex, where I'm from. Favorite food? Favorite food. It'd have to be Indian food. If you were having a dinner party and could invite three guests, alive, dead, or fictional, who would you invite and why? Oh, that is a tough one. Uh, th- three, three people. Right, okay. Uh, I would invite Barack Obama. I think he'd be an interesting dinner guest. Um, they would have to be, so- I mean, someone not alive, I think. Oh, there'd have to be some some sort of rapper in there. T- Tupac, I'd have right. to put in there. <laughs> nice. I think it'd be a good dinner guest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it'd be interesting. Um, and then someone, you know, business related. I think uh, Mark Cuban. I think he's an interesting character as well. Okay. Favourite movie? Favourite movie? Goodwill Hunting. Oh, that's a great mm. song. And finally, if you were down to your last $10, where would you invest them? Where would I invest my last $10? Uh, that is another good question. Um, 
I'd I'd have to put it into Bitcoin. I think some some one of the bit one of the bitcoins, mm-hmm. just because that's probably where you're going to uh, turn that ten dollars into you know, a few hundred thousand potentially. <laughs> Another good tip, Nish. Thank you so much for your time and participating in MBM's MA Snack and Chat podcast. That's it for today. Thank you for joining us in our chat with Nish Farmer. Join us next time when Caroline and I will be joined by another special guest where we will chat and snack all things M&A. Goodbye, all. Goodbye.